It's time for the big conversations, telling stories of movers and shakers, of industry giants and daring professionals. It's time for the conversations that change your perspective on life, the kind of conversations that shape entrepreneurs and move careers forward. If you don't know where these conversations are found, we are sending you a GPS. But if you're listening to this voice right now, you are here. Welcome to the Growth Podcast. This is the GPS. Welcome to number 58 of the Growth Podcast. We are continuing to have some interesting conversations with some very notable people. Um, last week, we had an interesting conversation with Smooth IK. This week, we are still keeping it in the media. Um, but also, I'd like to say thank you so much uh, to the people that support the podcast. Um, a few minutes ago, I know by the time it's airing, it won't be a few minutes ago, but a few minutes ago, I met a couple uh, in Woodlands who are telling me, my husband likes a podcast. Happy say hi. And the husband was in the car. He's like, hi, I like a podcast. So I think those are the kinds of people that really give us um, good feedback and they keep us moving because there are days when you feel like, should we do this again? And then having those kinds of people ringing in the back of your mind really keeps us going. Like I said last week, we had someone in the media. Uh, it's like this is media season because we have another person also in the media. But the difference is these are two people at different extremes. And by different extremes, I don't mean like good and bad. No, I mean different extremes in terms of time. Um, Smooth IK was well, it's still Smooth IK today, but he has been in the media um, for what over 20 years. Um, and my guest has been in the media not so long, but he has made quite some impact um, on his journey um, in journalism. I am talking about uh, Jonah Woyoya Dingindava. Yeah. I said it correctly, right? Dingindava Jonah Woyoya. You're reminding me of the Napsa thing where you go and get money. I said, no, but it says John Banda. I see you. You're not Banda John. You're not Banda John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chaco Peter, just like that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's good to have you. How have you been? I've been good. I've got a question. Yeah, is this like a real hourglass? Yes, this is hourglass. Oh, okay, you can see it moving. Right? No, no, I, I. You see, the thing is, I, I bought one, uh. and it would finish in like twenty minutes. No, no, no. So it was this like is, supposed to be an This one hourglass. is one hour. <laughs> I think this is thirty minutes. That must be fifteen. Ah, yeah. okay. So they're, they're color coded, but you can see by the quantity of the of the sun okay. in okay. the hourglass. Well, I, maybe I, it wasn't a problem with the hourglass. It was me. I thought it was an hourglass, and it wasn't. Maybe. Or I maybe guess. you just knew it was an hourglass for the, for, 20, for for one hour. And it was actually twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or maybe, maybe yeah, one yeah. of those. Yeah. The thing I mentioned, um, where even you in your journey in 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 in, in journalism, where you feel like. And you find people who really appreciate your work. Do you experience that? Yes, I do. Um, you see, the thing is, the the kind of work that we do is very different from the kinds of work that other people do. You see, the kind of work that you know a person that works in a bank, for example, has to do. You just have to make your boss happy, and uh, and that's okay, you know. But you yours and my kind of job is in the public eye like yeah. you do your so there's two tiers to it yes your boss needs to be happy with the work you're doing but also the people watching so you're 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 being judged basically from all angles you know this was a good job this was a bad job this was a so that can be frustrating you know and you constantly need to get some something to motivate you uh the same kind of motivation does get old uh at some point you know because um 
you can't be motiv- you can't just be motivated by the same thing over and over again i mean what if you achieve it yeah. and then what uh, so so it's funny that you asked me that because just last night uh, i tweeted and i was like ah something happened and i was like i think i just got uh, my passion for journalism reignited because for the past couple of weeks maybe like two months it's i've been feeling kind of flat uh, yeah 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 the thing you mentioned about about uh, our jobs being out there reminds me uh during my ZNBC days uh there was a time when we had i think about uh three or two people that died at ZNBC and so they announced that people have died and people like no because ZNBC are coming Mm. But then someone says no. But even at Zisco, they die. But you don't, you don't know them. You get yeah, the point. Eh? Yeah, if yeah, yeah. Good for me to put that damn on TV. So no, I'm coming down. No, mm. because you, you know them, so we have to tell you that they died. Yeah. There's no point telling you know engineer Banda died. Look like, who's engineer Banda? Why yeah. does it matter to yeah. you? You know. So being in the public eye is something on its own. But before I get into the nitty gritties of the conversation, I want us to have, have some 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 quick fire questions um, for you. Um, are you a calling or texting kind of person? Definitely texting. Or you don't like calls? No. What? Why? Why not? I just find it really draining, you know, and I feel like text messages are convenient. I can respond now. I can respond later. Um, but the phone calls, ah, <laughs> I just, I, I, it needs to be an emergency. You know, like phone calls, I feel like it's the kind of thing that you use when you need to ask for directions or you really need to get a hold of someone immediately. And you are wondering if I text this person now, are they going to be able to respond? But I'm a text person. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you good with directions? Very good. I'm very good with directions. Yeah. I'm good at getting directions. I'm good at giving directions. All right. Yeah. Um, what was your last Google search? My last Google search. What was my last Google search? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. I think I can find it. Oh, uh, number of persons living with albinism in Zambia. Oh, you're doing a report on that? Yes. Okay. Was it inspired by the Netflix movie? You can say that. You can say that. Um, yes, actually, it was. It, it was inspired by that. But uh, it was more also inspired by um, a story that I read about a young lady who had her hand. In fact, that's, the story is on her. You know, the, her hand was, was cut off by ritualists. And, you know, exactly. That was my, my reaction. I mean, my, I could feel my skin crawling uh, with how ruthless human beings can be like we're just good like this but like what's going on in people's minds is really yeah it's a whole different world true um it's uh i mean yeah it's it's a very sad story yeah being in media would you rather work very early in the morning or late at night that's the thing i work both so you can start early morning and leave late night I always do that. Like I get to work um, very early in the morning and I leave uh, late in the evening. And then my the middle of the day is very dominant. Flat. Yeah, like it's very, <laughs> very flat. So I do a lot of work in the morning and then I work in a creative space. So these, it's, 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 you know what I mean. It's a very, yeah. you know, a creative space is a very unique place where someone can be listening to music and then there's someone there singing or something. But there are times when you just need sort of to concentrate, and I've discovered that it's my six to seven thirty, both uh, well six to seven thirty p.m. and then seven to about nine in the morning. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, where'd you grow up? Uh, two places I can say that I 
spent about eight years of my life in Kabwe, and I spent five in Mazabuka, and then in Lusaka. Oh, so you speak Tonga? I do, yeah. Very well. Yes. Okay, but but you, you don't look like you speak Nyanja. I do. I speak Nyanja. I think, uh, yeah, so on a daily basis, I speak Bemba and Nyanja, but uh, I speak Tonga. So how many languages do you speak? Uh, can you do a flow? I mean, I can sorry, a flow. Flow? No, 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 no. I mean, can you do a show, like, successfully? Like, can you do, like, a report in Tonga? No. Uh, so that deep. No, no, I mean, you know, I can have a fully-fledged conversation in Tonga, but I feel like a report would be a bit too, too technical. Much. Yeah. Um, I would need I would need more time to translate it. But I can have a very normal conversation. Uh, except now that I've been away for close to 10 years, um, I find people kind of saying my Tonga is now a bit rusty, you know, because uh, I was I was like, what, pretty young when I was uh, learning Tonga. But I've also, that's the thing. So, okay, here's another backstory. I was uh, I was born in Mazabuka, or well, not in Mazabuka. I was born in Choma, but you know my family was in Mazabuka. Uh, so Mazabuka. yeah, Mazabuka. So I lived like five years there, and then my dad got a, got transferred, so we we moved to Kabwe, and so we lived there for eight years, and then went back. So it's like my hometown kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who do you who do you? Before I ask my next question, your voice is very heavy. Have you thought about like? Like just seriously commercializing. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, when you yeah, when you say serious, <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I do do voiceovers here and there, but not like, not as much as you would want me to do. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who who did you grow up watching that really influenced you to go into journalism? Robert Marawa. Ah, the essay guy. Yes, 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 yes. I, I you know, I find him really good at his craft you know um i feel like when you look around right he's a guy that commercialized sport like yeah. uh, because when you think about sport you're thinking about the actual sport right and most times if it's not radio and you bring it to tv people just want to watch the game like that's usually the case like just just put the game yeah. you know <laughs> wasting our time yeah but that guy managed to commercialize sport. You know, he had a whole talk show, Thursday Night Live with Marawa. And it was in Super Sport. And, you know, this was a fun sports show to watch. You know, this is a guy that brings legends. Some of them I didn't know because, you know, he's South African. So he'd be talking about South African footballers and yeah, all of that. Guys are chiefs and whatnot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And a lot of those I don't know. And then he would bring... But here's the thing. He would bring music, you know, and merge it. And it would always have... A, it would always make sense why this artist is there, you know. Like, oh, you like you see how Burner Boy performed at the World Cup. So he'll bring Burner Boy, but ask him about his experience performing at the World Cup. And he would ask. Here's the thing. Another thing. He would ask very deep questions because his thing. His thing is a lot about accountability, you know. So when he has sports administrators, he would ask things that you know you would you wouldn't think of. And he's always very brave to ask those uh, tough questions that would make people uncomfortable but are important questions to ask. So I've always thought about him as a very... And he used to get a lot of money then. I don't know how much he gets now. Yeah, he used to. Because I think I saw him... Um, um, wait. I, I saw DJ Fresh 
on McG's podcast and he made reference to Marawa and he said, look, the guy had a morning show on SABC. SABC has some, some radio stations. I think Metro, I think. Metro Something FM. Like, yeah, 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 Metro. And he said, we, we knew how much he got. Yeah. But we didn't complain. He says he got maybe like 10 times. Or yes, what, yes, like 300,000 rands apparently. Yeah, what yeah, we were yeah. getting. And yeah. he brought the money. Yeah. You know. Um, but for someone who was inspired by sports guy, why aren't you so much into sport? Uh, I've never been into sports. Um, I, I, do, I used to run 100 meters when I was like 10 then then i just couldn't run anymore um i don't know i think i also got so here's the thing i got more aligned to current affairs because one i was in the press club at my school i was in the debate club and also i was just surrounded by a lot of people that were interested in current affairs um i'll, I'll, I'll tell you this i remember this is how interested i was in current affairs uh when president uh levi monawasa died i was so young i was quite young i was uh, i think 11 and i was listening to radio president rupia banda was making the announcement then and he was explaining he was so he and he was quite emotional you know and i'm the one that told my mom that president monawasa has died and that's that's a that's a lot that used to happen you know i would fill her in on what's going on in terms of news but let me be honest i never thought i should do that you know like i was just interested in knowing what's going on not that i want to be a journalist or i'm excited to read the news no no i i just used to have an interest in knowing what's going on okay yeah and so you watch marawa you've got this interest when does it kick off it kicks off because my cousin I'm working at an internet cafe. My cousin uh, is so interested in the media. He wants to be a radio DJ. So he used to pick me up from work because now I was living in Lusaka at their home. Um, I had just completed my grade 12. And during that holiday, my aunt is like, you know, you could come do something here. So I, I came over. So I, I'm working at this internet cafe. My cousin is very interested in media stuff. Every time I'm done with work, he picks me up. So this day he picks me up. He says, before we get home, let's pass through Findeco. I want to do an audition, like him. So I'm almost like, oh, at a radio station. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I've never been to a radio station. So let's go. I would like to see what happens there. We get there. We're at the reception. He goes in. He does his thing. And then the guy uh, who was doing the auditions, his name was Trizo. Uh, unfortunately, he died. Um, he comes out. He's like... What about you? You're not going to audition? It's free. You're not going to be charged anything. Like Audition for what? It's like, we're going to give you a piece of paper and you read the news. Okay. So we get in there. This was like a Friday. We get in there. Gives me the paper. Wait, I wait, 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 wait. First of all, it's also sad stories where your, 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 your cousin didn't get it and you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, go. <laughs> That's what it is. So yeah, so I get in there and then that was, that was a Friday. Saturday, uh, they call me. Uh, around 15 they're like we need you to come through tomorrow for uh, another trial I'm like, okay uh cool so i get there it was so crazy because it was a small radio station and somebody had just left so they didn't have someone to read the news i'm there thinking i'm going on a trial this lady cynthia she was the editor she's like you're the new you are the new news anchor here's the script like the new news what yeah so the news summary is at 15 15 and you just read these parts you and I go, I'm on air. Like, I didn't even get the chance to tell my family, like, no, listen and whatever. So I'm done with the news. I'm like, what's the story? Like, no, you come forward tomorrow, right? 
So I just sent my boss at the internet cafe a message. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I can't. I won't, I won't make it. And what's crazy is I didn't even know how much they're going to be paying me. Uh, and they were pretty much paying me the same amount. Oh, at the internet cafe. Uh, yeah, as I was getting at the internet cafe, they were paying me the same amount, except uh, very late. Um, I, have to, I have to say, Ish, oof. Um, that was a time. That was an interesting time. But yeah, but that's how I got into it. Um, it was never intentional, really. How did you break the news to your cousin? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember, actually. I don't remember. But I have to say, he he was really supportive. You know, like it's almost like he was living his dream through me. You know, um, yeah. he would always drop me off. And I, and I used to get like those awkward shifts uh, like on Sunday and he'll be there, you know, just because if, because if there's no people, it's a Sunday, he, he can get the chance to get into the studio and I'm there working and he's just there. He was really, really, really enjoying it, I hope. Uh, but he was really supportive. He would remind me, we need to go, let's go and, and we'll go. Even when it was really tough, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm only like what, 17 or whatever. So why am I working where they're not paying me for like three months? But he would just be like, no, like just keep doing it. And yeah, we, we... How long did you stay there? I was there for a year. For a year? For a year um, and a couple of months because I started in 2014 and I left in 2015. Okay. I left in November 2015. All right. Where did you go from there? I went to QFM. Okay. Uh, it was one Saturday morning. So now I have moved. I'm no longer doing like the awkward shifts. They give me the breakfast. I'm doing breakfast on a Saturday morning. And right after the show, so the show is 6 to 10, right after uh, 10, I get a call from a guy called Nando. He was working in the production then. He's like, I, just, I was just listening to you right now. Come to QFM. Uh, let's have a meeting. I get there and they just offered me a gig. Like they just offered me a gig just there. They're like, there's a TV station that's coming up and I think you can also make uh, good TV. So you'll be reading news on radio and then you're going to be doing uh, you'll be reading news on radio and the same show that you're from doing, you'll be doing here on Saturday. I'm like, ah, okay. Um, and that's my horrible history with uh, the short notice. <laughs> because they were also quite impatient. The, the, I think they had just gotten rid of someone also, I think. So, so it's like this coming week. You need to you need to come through. So you need to start on Monday. But this time around, I was like, no, 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 no. Um, I can't, I can't. Because then, you know, I had like developed a relationship with yeah. the, with the, with the channel. I said, no, I can't leave. The inconvenience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I have to give them notice. It was only seven days notice. Uh, not enough. I wouldn't do that now. But but yeah, and and I jumped on that opportunity. Uh, November, December thirty first, we started QTV. Um, and yeah, I think that was also a defining moment because then I just discovered that I, I can do TV, uh, and I was literally the first face to appear on QTV when it opened because we did like an intro video. We should uh, have a statue of you outside. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that figures on one at Manchester United. Yeah. You know, one. Yeah, I did. Uh, I hope you're listening. <laughs> the Nyamas. But yeah, so it was, uh, it, it was then. Uh, and I'll tell you, at that point, we really didn't see what we were doing. You know, I, I was I was quite excited with the radio because QFM was a big is a big a big radio station in Zambia. I mean, it's uh, it's one of the household names when it comes to private radio. A lot of things have changed since 
they were at the top. I don't think they are still, but <clears throat> there's a it's a very big brand. So imagine being associated with that, you know. And also, I used to listen to uh, uh, Roberto when he was on uh, on QFM because it was like the fresh channel uh, back in 2010 and somewhere there. So being there was exciting. And then we didn't really realize that, oh, this TV channel, you know, is uh, is has opened me up to something new. Slowly, I was disappearing on radio, you know, like I was, I was slowly disappearing on radio. Um, I was not having time to do it anymore. I was not I was not getting the interest in just, you know, this song now, this song now, uh, five years ago on this day. Like I was getting kind of tired of that. Yeah. So TV was becoming more challenging for me uh, and more interesting, you know, the production process. And as you know, TV takes a lot of time, really. So The radio can just walk in and, okay, yeah, play yeah. five songs, yeah. figure out what to say next. Television is more complex. Yeah. So 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 when when I started getting a grip of TV, and also QTV was broadcasting on this platform. I don't know what it's called, but they also had their own box, and then and then it was on Zuku, not very popular pay TV uh, channels, uh, both the QTV box and and the other one. So we were even joking that we are broadcasting. And then they jumped onto Go TV. And then suddenly, you know, you'd be at this place and someone is like, ah, no, I've seen you before, you know, like, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, interesting. And then the next person, and the next person. Um, and I guess that Go TV is what led to Diamond TV, e e effectively. Yeah. Was it also like a short notice thing? It was, <laughs> but I didn't take it. I, I didn't uh, take that short notice. I was much older now and I knew how things, how things worked, but it was a short notice because... It was a Wednesday evening. Um, I was with two of my friends. They were my colleagues, actually, working together. Rhoda and uh, George. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Rhoda Mlinga and George. And I got a call. It was from Costa, uh, Costa Master. I had never talked to him. In fact, interesting thing is, I had actually never even watched him. Because, uh, remember, I'm a cowboy. And Mazabuka guy. And he was on yeah. movie TV. Movie TV was a Lusaka yeah, thing. TV station. Yeah, it was a Lusaka in Livingstone. Uh, so, cause, I mean, I know about him. I know him, and but I never watched him. So he calls me. But I know he's a big deal, you know. He's like, um, I would like, for, there's a project I'm working on. At that point, it didn't even occur to me that it was a TV channel. Because he says, there's a project I'm working on, and I would like for us to work together. Uh, I'm like, okay, so let's meet this Friday. And then I get there. So after the call, I tell George. Then he's like, yeah, you were costak to me phone. I'm like, yeah, he just called me just now. He's like, yeah, I heard that they are starting a TV channel. I kid you not. It was not, like I wasn't even going to consider his TV channel offer. Like what the hell? There's a channel that's about to start. So I meet them on Friday. And ah, these people are having a job interview with me, you know, he, I get in there, he's sitting with the general manager and Francesca Piri Banda, yeah. who's the head of news. Uh, in fact, she's the first person I met. And she's like, yeah, no, 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 let's go to Costa's office. Okay, get there, there are people sitting. It's a job interview panel. <laughs> and he's like, so uh, how, much, how much do you want? 
how much do I want? I was just throwing figures. I, I actually threw, I said the figure less than what I want. The one you're getting at the time. I don't no 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 but it's also because I really wasn't going to get that I wasn't going to take the job you know because I was uh, pretty happy with the job I was doing you know there was a lot of responsibility coming my way a lot of confidence from the leadership in the organization I loved I loved it there so after that I don't know what happened in my mind I just I'm getting out and I find uh, ambassador Frank Mutuida outside he's parking his Kamamini Kupa he's getting out yeah, that one. He didn't even say hi. He's just uh, going. And then I, I, I get inside there. So, so Costa goes like, let me show you something. He takes me to his production room. And they were, he played the promos because the channel was not on air yet. He says, so this is some of the stuff that we're working on. And I looked at the stuff. I'm like, this is not what we're working on. You know, <laughs> you know like the guys were so good, man. Like... You know that then the face of Diamond was Mwakam Gala. Uh, she was she was she was the face, you know, of news and everything. Even if they had not started, that was their plan, really. Yeah. And I look at her; she's very well spoken, and she's got this—I don't know, you know—just next level kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the next one, and then the next one, and I don't know these people, all of them, but they're just like really good. And it just felt challenging for me. I'm like, I need to be a part of this team. I need to be a part of something like this. That's how uh, my mind just switched in that moment. And I went back and I told my friends at Q, I'm like, so I was at, then it was, no, it was Diamond TV that just changed from Platinum. The initial name they wanted was Platinum TV. But apparently it was taken, thank God, it was taken by something else <laughs> uh, at Pakra. Yeah, so they went with Diamond TV. So I tell them, and everyone was just like, are you crazy? Like, it's, it, hasn't, it hasn't even started. It's not started. If you don't know, the thing about t uh, TV and media is that a new, never make the mistake of joining a new media house because they're not going to be paying you. That's, that's, you just need to know that. I'm like, okay. I heard them all right. And I wasn't, not getting paid was nothing strange to me because I just, you know, came from, came from that. yeah. And I wasn't willing to go to that. but. I weighed my options, really. I looked at how much I was about to learn from this team. The QTV team was very small. It was very small. We were like four or five of us. Four or five of us, really, presenters. And then I looked at this catalog of like 10, 15 people presenting on this channel. I'm like, you know what? This is a lot more challenging. So I picked it up um, because I told Costa I need like two weeks to think. And he said, no, seven days. So cool. Seven days later, I got in touch this time with Francesca. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll I'll come and join you guys. And I resigned from from QFM. I gave them enough notice, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's how I joined. That's how I joined uh Diamond, Diamond TV. We were, we worked for about two months before we went on air. Uh we were just working in the background. Um and yeah, eventually. We we went on here and yeah here we are yeah you've you've built a name um, um, at Dam on TV um, I think more people know you from there than from your previous um, mm, experience mm, true, in other true. media houses uh, then was the 
catapulting to the BBC. And I'd like to spend more time on that because mm. I feel like that is the, the cream on the icing. How, how did that happen, um, the, the, the Kumla Dumo Award? The Kumla Dumo Award has been, I would say, has been in the making for a very long time. I, was, I never acted on it, but I knew uh, that I wanted it, right? From the, uh, from the time I knew about it, um, imagine I, I knew all the winners, you know, I knew everybody, I knew, cause I was a, I was a, a fan of Komla Dumo, you know, um, I used to follow him and uh, my mom more, she just used to watch and she's like, this gentleman, the way he does things, you know, but I knew more about him after he died, you know, he's died and he's died a sudden death. I'm like, and, and, and the way the BBC was reporting this story when he died in 2014, they kept saying, at a young age, you know, like uh, he died suddenly at a young age. And that was, I was like, but what happened, really? Uh, uh, and then I discovered he had like a heart complication. And every time, now now I'm going through his stuff, you know. And there was this package, I'll tell you, I've watched it maybe 50 times. It was, He was covering um, a football match. I think it was a World Cup in South Africa. And Ghana was playing. And so at the end of his at the end of his package, so he's doing he's standing like there's a crowd, and then he goes like, uh, now I'm gonna so he's he's concluding his package. So now I'm gonna take off my BBC hat, and I am now going to be a Black Stars fan. He was wearing a shirt, and then he takes off the shirt, and inside there's a Ghana jersey. And I just I don't know, but I just thought that was really cool, you know. And and I would watch his news packages and his news interviews this is a guy doing news but with a lot of attitude you know like uh, there's something you can like about him so when the award was was announced um I, I, at first i didn't think i was ever going to uh, get interested but the the more they did it i'm like this is really you know, and it also felt a lot like the epitome of African journalism because um, there's obviously there's countries that have developed in terms of media like Kenya, South Africa. Yeah, uh, but Kenya. a lot of us are still just budding under there, you know, growing. So, and, and that's the thing about the award. It was associated, maybe South Africa hasn't won it yet, but it was associated a lot with those countries. Uganda strong media uh, system they have there, very, very strong journalism, Kenya. So I'm like, okay, uh, this this uh, is getting more and more interesting. And then I think what gave me more confidence this time around to actually enter, because I'd never entered before, was the 2021 election, because I feel like we did a pretty good job uh, with that election coverage. But also... It uh, introduced a lot, uh, it introduced us as a team to a lot of other people that didn't know that there was a team of people that are doing this. So when when the nom the they opened the entries for the Komla Dumo Award, I got a lot of tags uh, on that BBC account uh, and a lot of inbox uh, links, you know, people saying that. But I didn't act on any of them. I acted on one from a friend of mine, Zumani, you know him? Yeah, yeah um, He sent me the link, he's like, uh, he calls me DJB. DJB, I think you need to do this. And I, I said, I would love to, but 
I don't know. I just don't feel. You didn't see the angle. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> I didn't see, the, I, and that's the right word. I didn't see the angle at that time. I'm like, ah. but he insisted. He said, and these were his exact words. I mean, so what are you gonna lose if you try? Uh, you, if you don't win it, just try again next year or whenever you feel ready. And I started writing that application. I wrote it. It's pretty rigorous, to be honest. Um, and it was quite draining. You know, you you write, and they say not less than 500 words. And you write, and that's just one question. You write four questions, and then you click next, thinking it's, uh, it's wrapped Submit. up. And then there's another thing, that, you know, just trying to get your thought process. So I wrote it for a good three weeks. I was just writing. Whenever, whenever I get the chance, I write, 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 save. Write, 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 save. And then I submitted it. But when I submitted it, I was like, ah. Whatever. Whatever, man. After some time, um, I got an email. And the email said, you've made it to the next round of the selection process for the BBC Komla Dumo Award. At this point, you need to submit some of your work. Um, I didn't know my colleague... Uh, Amina Kaunda had gotten the same email because she had also um, entered. And uh, before I knew it, because I, I saw it and I will tell you this, I was never going to say I was never going to say that I entered for this award because first of all, I was skeptical and everything. Then the next thing she had uh, posted that she had made it to the next round. She had a whole press statement Um and I posted in the management group, because I'm part of management at Diamond. I posted in the management group. I'm like, so it's actually two people from Diamond TV <laughs> that have gotten this. He's like, what? My, my boss like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I also made it to the next round. He's like, but why are we not uh, posting about it? I was like, ah. I was really just trying to keep this yeah. under the wraps, you know. But he was like, no, 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 it's good for the company profile and, and all that. So then so then we published uh, we published that. Um. That was also quite draining, actually, because, because Amina had posted it earlier in the day. You know, she posted it earlier in the day, and uh, it was actually a pretty big thing online uh, when she made the announcement that she's moved to the next stage. So when, when my announcement was made later in the day, there was a huge debate in one of the journalist WhatsApp groups. No, it's not him. It's her who has been uh, nominated. Um, and there's this one specific one who was like, uh, there's, there's no way that they they can pick two people from Zambia to go to the next round. So it, it was a whole whole thing. And then I told my boss, I'm like, this is this what, what I, I didn't did want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we submitted the works. And then um, after a couple of weeks, I got a further email, uh, which uh, was now scheduling for an interview. And I was um, talking to renowned African journalists, two from the continent, and uh, one uh, one she wasn't she wasn't an African journalist. She's one of the editors for the BBC, and then the head of Africa uh, BBC. So after that interview, I actually told my friend, I was like, ah, I think we've lost this because imagine the first question they asked me in that interview was imagine so so this guy is like uh, Jonah do you feel like you're a good communicator I said I think so 
uh, I think so. He says, okay, imagine you are talking to somebody that's blind and they've never seen before. How would you describe the color yellow? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Dude, I was preparing questions about conflicts in Africa. <laughs> you and know, war in Iraq. exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? South Sudan. What do you mean I describe the color yellow to someone who's never seen before? And and I kept thinking in my mind, everything I'm going to say is something for you to relate. You need to to have seen something, yeah, something you know. Before. So I, I said, I said, when you close your eyes, <laughs> when you close your eyes and you look at the sun with your eyes closed, what do you see? Then he's like, yeah, I see something. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what yellow looks like. He's like, yeah, but I've never seen before, uh, Jonah. I'm like, okay, um, I think that it's a color that's very soothing and it's mellow. And I said things like that. He's like, there we go. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's more like it. That's more like it. Then we get into the serious stuff now. You know, they are thinking, asking me what I think about uh, geopolitical issues. Um, some of those, imagine I had prepared for this interview so much that I didn't have time to check what was in the news that day. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so prepared to give, you know, editorial commentary, but I I just missed checking like the BBC page, the Al Jazeera page, ENC. So in that moment, I'm blank with what's happening in Africa today. And they ask me, so what are the top stories in Africa, in Africa today? <laughs> um, I thought about, but the goodness, as you know, with news is it doesn't change. It's instantly. a cycle. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, gradual. Exactly. So I picked the stories from the previous day. One of the big stories that time was the poaching, elephant poaching in Kenya. So I spoke about that and I spoke about it, uh, you know, in some sort of detail to buy time, you know, yeah. because I'm like, I don't have anything so else the story to say. I have. <laughs> Let me maximize on this Yes. One. And then I said, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the continent continues building up to um, William Ruto's uh, bid for presidency. No, oh. he had just announced his running mate. Oh, I, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. I said, so William Ruto announced his running mate. Uh, Raila Odinga also just announced his running mate. Uh, and, and you know, I'm there balancing, you know, like I know, I know these things, guys. I'm like, okay. And then they asked me about this uh, strange story that I'd only read about once. It's about the Uyghurs in uh, China. And they asked me, and I really just nibbled on what I knew. And, and then after that, it was more about my opinions on issues. And, and then, and then they had to, and then I had to do a, correspondence so so they get a guy who's like in studio and i'm a guy that was doing the same uyghur thing in china uh and they say you have 10 minutes they send me a script and data about that you have 10 minutes to just go through this and then you're going on air so the guy starts oh, so dingy Taba is in china blah 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 so uh what's the situation so i speak based on what I read, what I read, what I read. Why is this a complex issue? I explained based on what I knew and what I read. And then after that, they're like, okay, that's it. And 
uh, I just wasn't confident, you know, at that time because there are some interviews you feel like this one. Yeah, yeah. Even if there's someone, they'll change their mind. True, true, true. That was um, not it. And I and I know, and I know how competitive this thing is, you know. <clears throat> Sorry, because when I look around and look at the people that have won it, you know, these are solid journalists, you know, who have a proper thought process, proper opinions on issues. And that's why I'm saying our our industry in Zambia is still growing because it's very difficult for you as a media personality, as a journalist, to actually have an opinion on issues because you are actually going to get backlash. Uh, so those are the people... Just I'm, read the news. Yeah, <laughs> just read the news. I'm, you also... Yeah. So those are the people I'm comparing myself with. I'm, after that, I'm like, ah, I think you can't tell me in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Kenya, in South Africa. There's no one who's done better in that. And yeah, after that, I forgot about it. That was April. Because they expressly said in that interview, they said, uh, we're only going to get in touch with you if you've won. Shortly. At oh. least, yeah. Uh, if you've been shortlisted further. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. So after this stage, if you don't hear from us, then... Unfortunately, it's not us, it's you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I forgot about it. This is April, man. I forget about it. May, there's zilch, nothing. I'm, I'm getting nothing. I'm like, okay, I guess uh, we have to try again next year. June, I was actually in Germany um, that June for the Global Media Forum. And I got an email. Um, I won't lie. When I got the email, I actually... Oh, no, I got the email while I was here, but I was traveling to Germany. So I did the final interview in Germany. So I get the email. I won't lie. I screamed. I actually, because I, when I saw the email, I knew that this is the final step and we just won this award. I knew because I followed that award so closely. And I know that when they're doing that final interview, they never tell you that you've won. Because they want, I don't know if I should say this, I should review this. Well, they need to change the strategy now. But they don't tell you in the email that you've won. They schedule for like some sort of interview. Um, because they want your authentic reaction yeah. on that video. So the, the previous winners were saying that in the interviews when they're being interviewed by BBC. Yeah, no, they told me that it was going to be just a further blah, blah, blah. Ah, I see the email. I say, I know this trick. <laughs> so I was like, yes. So they, they scheduled for the interview. The following week, I was traveling to Germany. So I'm in Germany and I'm at the Global Media Forum. In the middle of a panel discussion, time I went upstairs and I opened my laptop and she didn't even waste time. You know, she just opened. Hi. Okay. I'm just, the other judges are not here. I need to record this. Um, She records. I'm pleased to inform you. I was like, oh my goodness. But you can't tell anyone. This is June, by the way, because this award was only announced in August. You can't tell anyone apart from your mother and uh, your workplace because you're going to need, you know, to transition for the period that you're going to yeah, be away. Yeah. So, and I was with my boss, by the way, in Germany. So I, I go outside, I come back. I'm so chill, you know, like ah, the, the session is going <laughs> and everything. Then uh, I go like, you remember that? Uh, <laughs> 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 you remember that uh, Comrade Moore award? Yeah, 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 the one you. I said, yeah. Um, they just told me that I won it. I said what? I said yeah. They just told me. 
why are you so chill oh, about yeah. it? I'm like, uh, I won't lie to you. I think I knew about this win two weeks ago um, because of that. So I was excited, yes, but I kind of, Suspected, it was a bit of yeah. uh, old news for me at that point. But uh, yeah, so he was, he, was, he was very excited. We even cut short our participation in the panel discussion. Ah, today happened, so we went outside. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, I came back. I had now imagine I had to hold this in for months, you know, because that was 22nd June, the whole of July. We were just working on we had, now we started working on visa issues in the background, yeah. um, to apply for visa and booking flights and accommodation and all those things. Um, until it was announced, uh, you never had that. Mm, let me just break the news. What if I die? You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, to be honest, I started breaking it to people close to me. No one leaked it. Uh, no, none of them leaked it. None of them leaked it. Uh, there were just like five people. Um, you know, I would tell them and... Okay, I wouldn't expressly say it, but I would leave hints here and there. Like, you know, something big is about yeah. to happen. Blah, those kinds of things. And, and and I could tell that they know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, because my mom didn't really know what it was anyway. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about her because even when I told her, she really didn't know. She only realized how big it was when it was announced and how much of a frenzy uh, yeah, it, it, caused. it caused. So then she's like, but even then, you know, you know how moms are. She she was happy, but she really is like, okay, I don't know what this is, but I'm happy I'm for happy. you. <laughs> I'm happy for you. But yeah, yeah. So so until it was announced in August. Okay. Yeah. When you when you, when you got to the BBC, how was your experience there? So, uh, I arrived in London on Saturday, Saturday, uh, 5 p.m., somewhere there. So, obviously, no work on Sunday. Aaron, has a picture of at the airport? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I actually never got a chance to meet him. You never met him? No, no. How? Um, I just never got a chance to meet him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I met most of, most of those guys. Uh, I just never met him. Oh, yeah. That's true. Never met him. I used to watch him a lot when I'm in the building, but a lot of the times he would be doing his show and he's not there. Like he's somewhere else uh, doing the show from somewhere else. Oh, okay. So I never got a chance to meet him. I even got a chance to meet Steve Steven Saka, but not uh, Hazelhurst. But yeah, so I arrived on a Saturday around 5 p.m. So no work on Sunday. Uh, but I was so eager. You for know, Monday. Uh, yes, for Monday that I Google searched and I found where the BBC uh, broadcasting house was, and I went there on Sunday. Like, before I even got my pass and everything, I just went there, and I reached the building. I'm like, oh. So, and it was quite far, actually, from, from where I was. It was like, uh, and I was walking, because oh. uh, it's a very walkable city. Uh, so, I, so it was uh, like an hour. And I got there. I didn't know. Oh, I mean, also, it was exciting to see a lot of things, yeah, you know, like yeah, a new also, place. So I wasn't noticing how far I was it going. Was, yeah. yeah. I get there. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. I took some pictures, blah, blah, blah. Went back. And, and my supervisor was to pick me up in the morning um, the following day. Because according to her, this is a new guy. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't That's know. That's the guy. Is at the so... She comes, picks me up in the morning, and you know she's running me through. So we go this way, you know, we get into the That's train and that. everything. Ah, Dafika, 
She's like, so this is the, the, the BBC. I said, I know. <laughs> She's like, what do you need? I'm like, I was here yesterday. Oh, so why did I have to come and pick you up then? You said, I'm like, no, no, no. I knew where it was, but I didn't uh, know about the transport system and how it works. So I needed yeah. orientation with that. So get in there. Uh, the first day was a bit too busy for me to... Take it in. Yeah, to take it in. You know, here's the new guy who's just won this big award in there and he's from africa everybody's trying to get to know him everybody's trying yes yes yes. you know it's uh everyone coming to say hi and orientation i have to get my my desk i have to get my passes i have to get my ids and all those things so day one was really it went by real quick day two i'm getting there on my own i'm just i just have to go straight to my desk and i'm getting to work then i'm like what is this actually real? You know, I just get there, I just get to the to the to the door, I just put my pass. In a pass younger. Can you imagine that? You know, like what? I don't need somebody to help me, just me. I get there, and I mean it's a huge establishment. You get four thousand people working in there every day. So there are people you'll meet that you'll never meet ever again. But I get there and the security guy remembers. He's like, oh, it's, oh, it's the guy, it's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the of the of the security there are like Nigerian or Ghanaian or something. So so they see something in common. You yeah. Know? Um one of us. Yeah, w- one of us. So I get there and I'm at my desk and I look at uh, the pass, it's got my face, it's got my name, and it says BBC reporter. And you know, the, there's a lady that comes, she's got like a piece of paper, it's got my email, my work email, and my password. And I, now I'm taking it all in. I'm like, what? This is happening? And, and you know, I, I'm just there. I receive an email. We've got a, pr- a production meeting for Focus on Africa at, uh, I think it was 11, because uh, of the, their time change. So it was at some point at 9, and then at another time at 11. I get to the desk. Nobody's treating me like I'm a newbie, you know? I, I just get a breathing, and this one, and this one. And, you know, the, the, the editor runs through this. So, uh, Jonah, you're going to work on this story. Okay. Uh, and it's, uh, it, was, it was really, it was a really, uh, I learned a lot, to be honest. I, I, I learned a lot about the workplace because it was um, unlike a typical workplace I'm used to, you know. Um, they give me this task, and maybe because I was the Komla Dumont winner, but... After the show, we sit for a post-production meeting and they're like, Jonah, just TXT's first story. And everybody's applauding, you know, they're like, they're happy for you. It was really motivating. And there was a lot to learn with how fast-paced everything is. Um, It wasn't much of a challenge, the fast-pacedness, because first of all, we are 15, 20 people working on this uh, show back home. You are alone. <laughs> so I can handle the pressure, but I was still yeah. excited. And it gave you it gave me a lot of power, to be honest, because I pick up a phone, I'm calling someone from London and I'm calling someone in Sierra Leone. They've never heard of me, you know. I call this person, I'm like, Oh, my name is Dingendava. I'm calling you from the BBC in London and would like to feature you. They're like, Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. I'm like, wow, you know, I call somebody in the US to comment on an issue. Because it's the BBC, you know, they don't even care yeah, who, calls, who it is. Yeah. yeah, you know, they probably don't even remember the name. But just that, you know, and I tell the person in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to call you. I'll do the interview with you. They're like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 
Um, Those guys are not scammed because here in Zambia, it was happening. You know what I mean? Ish, ish, ish. <laughs> ah, in Zambia, when my abductor. <laughs> I, I, so I, I mean, it was a, it was a lot to learn. Um, yeah. And you know, it, although it was a lot of, um, it was a bit overwhelming for me also because. Um, unlike everybody that works in there, people work on the same team for the rest of their life. But because I've only got 13 weeks to work there, effectively 10 weeks, because uh, I had to spend some weeks outside of the UK, hence me being in Seychelles. But uh, every week I'm on a new team. So that's a bit overwhelming. Yeah, you know, you, by Wednesday, Thursday, you are familiarizing and you make Just you know, to some friends. You settle next week you are on on this team so that started taking a toll on me you know because every week i need to start afresh basically but i knew why i was there so i had to do what had to be done there's a lot of hype around your your first presentation mm. focus on africa how was how was that behind the scenes like what do you have to go through before you actually sit behind that desk um because of the fact that they are quite alive to the person they've brought, you know, they've 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 seen because I had to submit some of my work, so oh, yeah. it really wasn't a, a, it was never a this is how you present kind of thing. It was more this is how we produce, you know, because as a presenter you have to be part of the production, production process. process. Yeah. You're not the one producing, but ultimately you ultimately everyone submits their tiny scripts to you, and then you rewrite to suit how you speak because you're also a journalist. So yeah. so when they send, uh, as a lack of better term, you are the grammar editor for each bulletin that you do. So already how many uh, producers are there, send their drafts and then you change them to how you speak. Yeah. So that was what I was being uh, run through. And I, I had Lucas on my side. Um, the odds were really on my side because one, I feel like it was also very accomplishing for her, you know, because he's a Zambian and and she she was she was really in it, you know. Um, she was there, guiding me and and helping me. Um, I didn't feel that hype uh, that happened that day because I was offline. Um, I, I I don't know. I just also felt like I needed to be in a space where I just. Focus. Let me just focus on this job. And I was offline a week. Uh, no, that was good because some Zambians yeah. were just, just a comment, just, and just, <laughs> swept off, just mentally disturbed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, and I saw some of those comments. Uh, some of those comments were before, before when the award was just announced, some of the comments were a lot about the age and yeah. that, was, that was a bit annoying. And the others were, there's this one I used to see a number of times. So why are Zambians celebrating that someone is leaving is <laughs> going to work somewhere else and to contribute to the development of another country. Why? Why is that? So that was yeah, but but I didn't see that hype because I was offline for like a week until that day. Uh, that day passed. The person that told me the hype was Lucas, because because you know I was doing that broadcast and she was standing like there because uh, after COVID they don't have camera cameramen. So it's yeah. just automated stuff. Yeah. So she was the only other person. There was my floor manager and her. So she was just there, you know, watching. And every time there's a clip, she's like, <laughs> every time we, we take a break, she's like, yeah. And then after after the, the the show was done, she's like, you have no idea 
what the ratings look like at the moment for BBC. I think it's the most watched thing in Zambia in the past hour. She starts showing me the tweets. I was like, wow, this is really nice. But I still didn't go back, go back online uh, that day because I had another bulletin the following day and then the day after, uh, then I traveled and then I came back and I did other bulletins. Some of them were actually not watched here. Uh, some of the bulletins I did. One was overshadowed by Nancy Pelosi. She was resigning. So I was broadcasting to uh, part, they call them partner channels. Like, you see how we take like focus on Africa and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, so it wasn't like on BBC. So yeah, uh, I did quite a number actually. I think there were like eight of eight those. Bulletins. Yeah. Okay. And And what's your relationship like with the BBC now? Uh, I do stories for them. Um, a lot has happened since then. And if I have a story idea, I reach out and let them know. If they need content uh, from here, then they'll reach out and let me know. Sometimes um, I, I've even valued sharing my opinion more on issues, especially on Twitter, uh, because I feel like that's a very intimate place that allows me to engage with other people's opinions. Yeah, that's why the the the... the Walk Zambians are those ones, and know. not just Zambians. I feel like it's uh, because Twitter doesn't have so many users. It's like a global village, you know. Like you can see things happening in Nigeria and just inbox. You see, it's very difficult to get a hold of. Uh, I think it's very difficult to get a hold of uh, a minister in Zimbabwe on Facebook because there's probably hundred thousand people for jobs exactly. <laughs> But on Twitter, you inbox and they will and they will they'll get it. So it's a very useful resource for journalism um, to get access to sources, but also get access to information. So I share a lot of opinions there. And sometimes, a lot of times, they'll see an opinion that I've shared and they're like, uh, can you do a story on this? Um, okay. You know, there, there are a lot of young people that want to go into journalism. Would you say journalism is financially rewarding? Uh, I think that... It, it getting into it for the money would be frustrating. It would be really frustrating because it takes a lot. It, you see, the job itself doesn't pay you a lot of money. I think what happens in the process of you establishing yourself and uh, the things that you've done, the things that have attached to your name, are sort of the things that begin to make uh, you know uh, your earnings. But otherwise, um, there's very, very few media institutions, at least in Zambia. Because honestly speaking, media in Zambia is only getting the semblance of, of a functioning system, right? It's only now, even and from any angle you look at media, from music, you know, that's where we are now also. The same, the same progress that music is making is the same progress that journalism is making, and not and not at the broader perspective of journalism. Very few media media houses. Uh, so getting into it because of the money would be really frustrating. Frustrating. You see this hourglass is real? Yeah. So yeah, check, it is. Check it your is. Time. So it is like an hour now, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so wow. This, this hourglass is real. We're almost done, by the way. You've interviewed a lot of um, politicians. Who's your favorite politician to interview? My favorite politician. To, one of my favorite interviews that I've had was with Elias Chipimo. I had a really good interview with him. Um, I love interviewing who else? 
I mean, there's a lot of them. Uh, I love, I really, I don't know if I, can I, he is, of course he is, the Minister of Finance. Yeah. Um, we've had very technical discussions, so I've never really gotten that political side of him because that's also a different <laughs> ball game altogether uh, because you have to forego certain realities. I don't know, when talking politics to politicians, they're in their own world uh, and sometimes it's like a facade, right? So you can be discussing real issues and someone is not discussing real issues. But yeah, I enjoy the last two people. Um, yeah. Do you ever get nervous? I do. I do. What causes that? Uh, because uh, political interviews have a lot of pressure. There's, uh, for me, what makes it very difficult is because I know that the person I'm hosting at one point or the other is just going to be lying. And it's very <laughs> difficult for me to, I mean, it. of course I try my level best to make them not lie, but I just know that they're going to start lying. And they stick by their lies. There's this thing in Zambia that uh, journalists or interviewers want to outshine their guest. Mm. It's not, uh, it's not uh, I wouldn't say it's untrue because I feel like um, e even I've sort of over the last few months changed my style of interview. Um, but I think that also on the side of, the, in the defense of the journalists, I think they are put in a very awkward position. Because I don't see you just letting someone off the hook when half of the things they're saying are oh, just baseless. You know, like they're they are attacking someone, they're lying about something. And, and the thing about lying is so true. And how bad it is, is that they are not the only ones in on the lie. Like even their supporters <laughs> believe they are, they are lying, you know. So, so... So you have a complex issue because now you need to prove that I'm not just arguing with you. You know, you are, you are lying. And the reason you are lying is because of this, 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 this. But in the process, I guess we get lost in translation. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes a lot to master for, for technique. As a young journalist, do you have like vets that you sit down with and want to tap from their wisdom? Um, I... I, I learn more by observing people. That's one of my attributes. I I don't know, but I really find it difficult to ask because I don't like overwhelming people. Um, so I look at how somebody does something and I wonder within myself, how could he possibly know that, you know? And then I will try to do my own my own research. When an opportunity presents itself, I will ask um, because there are certain scenarios where maybe you, I don't know, have a chance to sit down with somebody you meet somewhere, and they seem to open themselves up to uh, a, that kind of a discussion. I'll push in a question or two, um, and I say this because I also know that it can be quite overwhelming, even on my end for so many people to be asking the same thing, basically. So I put myself in, 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 in those people's shoes as well, you know. So, and some of the questions that we want answers to as people are very complex questions. Like, like a question like, what motivates you? Like, <laughs> you know, like, so how I struggle to answer that question 
is how I imagine it must be complex for for people because sometimes uh, people are still discovering themselves along the way. Okay, where do you see yourself in ten years? <laughs> yes, you're discovering yourself. <laughs> Actually, I am. I, I'm. I, it's it's one thing I always say, even 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 when somebody is asking for my advice, I say I'm actually still discovering myself. But I'll tell you this: I think that my passion for journalism has never been stronger. Um, in ten years, I want to do stories as impactful as the stories Christiana Manpo has done stories that change a narrative, stories that could potentially get you a Nobel Peace Prize, stories that add context to society. Like we're after watching a story and you're like, oh, so that's why this is happening, you know? Um, and that's why it has to happen from 10 years from now because a lot of work has to go to go into it. A lot of people in the private media want to come to ZNBC. Is that something you think about? Uh, no. You feel like government is too rigid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not shy to say that. Because and the I, reason I ask is because I've seen that. Um, mm. and, 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 and for a lot of them, I think that most people left uh, movie TV, yes. uh, mostly private stations, and they, they come there. Um, and that's why I asked why, because... It's, it actually doesn't. The opposite rarely happens. Mm. It rarely happens that they leave for private media. No, I mean I think I feel like uh, also the other reality of it uh, that people don't know. You know that people have a lot of complaints for for ZNBC, and for some reason they think that ZNBC just doesn't have the human capital, which is a huge myth that people don't know because some of the country's best. Uh, media minds are there like the but they are not oblivious to the things you talk about and that's why that's why it's important for us to talk about those reforms need to happen at an institution like that because you are sitting on brilliant minds but they get sucked up in a system and the system may not even be deliberate like the system may not be deliberate it's just systematic that when you for example you see how it is here in Zambia. You can't walk in Cairo Road without a shirt on, right? Yeah. But you go to an island nation and you're seeing people walking uh, in the middle of the town without a shirt on and it stops being awkward for you. Like even you can take off your shirt and you start walking. Similarly, you know, it might just be the way the system is that you just get there and you notice how things are done and you, no one has ever told you, no, you don't do this and that, but you just start doing things. Uh, the way the system allows. And that's why I feel there's a need for a reform. And if there's a deliberate reform that is being done, that has to be commended because people need to flourish. All right. I hope uh, you won't go to ZNBC for an interview and they just, oh, just play back that clip. Just play. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me to go there for an interview, then there should have been a reform. Yeah. All yeah. right. No, thank you, Jonah. Uh, my last question. What, what five things would you like to say to younger people than you who would like to build career in journalism? The first thing is you just need to be in the know and that's you, you need to read a lot. Okay, let me, okay, I'm, I'm, I need to change that because I don't need, I don't, I don't like telling people to read a lot anymore. Uh, you just need to be informed. Um, and I say this because I'm now getting accustomed to the fact that peop, some people are just not readers. They don't like reading. So whatever gets you informed, get informed. 
the next thing is it might sound cliche but you need to get that fire burning like the passion you you need to get it burning because without it you're just going to be any other journalist um just any other journalist because you can teach somebody to be a journalist a good one at that but you can't teach somebody to be a passionate one uh the third thing i'm saying five things yeah um keep I don't know how I can say this, but uh, keep discovering yourself. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Keep discovering yourself. There are things that you you know about yourself. There are things that help you uh, do your work, but there are things you don't know about yourself that are actually very useful. And you keep discovering yourself by interacting with more people alike, uh, you know, who are like you. Uh, or, or maybe not, but uh, keep discovering yourself. Um, the fourth thing you've probably heard a million times, but I think that it's it defines people that make it and that don't, to be disciplined. Um, and discipline comes in different forms. So, But I personally feel the best discipline that will come your way is to uh, do the work for the things you want to achieve because it, uh, generally as young people i don't know where it comes from but we just feel like we don't have a lot of time and and uh, and so because we feel like we don't have a lot of time we don't have the time to put in that hard work right like you want that result but not to be associated yeah 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 so be disciplined enough to achieve um what you want to achieve and work through that process uh the final thing is personally something that I've come to believe in and I've come to live that no dream is too big. Um, just do it. And if you, there's a reason why you feel like you can do, uh, you can achieve that thing that you want to achieve. So just just do it. The The narrative needs to be that the world has only one standard. Thank you very much, Jonah. Uh, it was a pleasure hosting you. It was so much fun. Um, I can confirm that I am not an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you're a good storyteller. Am I? Uh, yeah, oh, I can just okay. Listen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You know those people when you're, when, when you're growing up um, who would watch a movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shimika the movie for you. <laughs> and they do it so well, you go and Shimika the movie like you also watched like it. Like you watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good storyteller. But I'm sure it comes with the art, you know. It does. Yeah, it, it comes yeah, with, with the, the art. Because, yeah, 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 you have to tell stories, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was good having you. You're a good spot. It was um, so much fun. It was I mean, keep doing so what fun. you're doing. I feel like there there are, there are no limits for someone who's stepped into the BBC. I think you have a different mindset compared to other journalists who have only practiced their craft here. Because now you know to say, look, if I can go there, I can also go there. If I can go there, out of stage you can go to DW, but you can't speak German, so like that that's out. But don't rule it out. Maybe they want to. Uh, DW speaks English also. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, you will GW with the France 24, you will yeah, yeah, CNNs. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's limitless. Really. Mm. It's, it's limitless. True. And uh, stories like yours, it's, it's like a person darker. Person, look at person darker. Mm, mm. Now, parents are having their kids no, go for training and end up with Basa Academy because they know now that that is a way out those days to be they'll beat you Ooh, come home you know, yeah yeah because i saw this thing where it said most parents if their kid is good at playing tennis but bad in mathematics 
they'll go and find a math tutor mm. instead mm. of going mm. going to find a tutor for tennis and say this guy is good let's invest in that yeah so i feel like people like you are really turning the tide so that we have more people appreciate the arts appreciate you know um careers like journalism which those they say no mm. no mm. but john and i end up uk then oh okay <laughs> you can also go yeah you know? so yeah but keep yeah. doing what you're doing man i know the best thank you thanks so